Hey, good morning, everybody. Today's daf is Yevamus daf Pei Gimel. We left off on daf Pei Beis Amud Beis, and we are about five lines from the end of the page. About Midiktani Seifa on Pei Beis Amud Beis. Today's year is sponsored by Dr. David Lander in honor of his wife and children. It is also sponsored by Ilana and Jonathan Silber in commemoration of the yard site of Jonathan's brother Baruch Daniel Ben Zev Halevi Ben Zev Levi Hakohen. And it's also sponsored by Ken and Marcy Capel in memory of Ken's grandfather, Jacob Capel, whose yard site was yesterday, Yaakov Emanuel Ben Chaim Zev, Allah Shalom, and in memory of Ken's mother, Evelyn Capel, whose fifth yard site is tomorrow, Avigail Bas Chaim Shragafival, then Hashemus should have an Aliyah. We thank all of the sponsors very much for the sponsorship. So what we're going to discuss today is uh, we're going to pick up on the discussion of androgynous and whether an androgynous has a din of Avadai Zachar or a Suffolk Zachar. And the Gemara is going to tell us the sheet of Rabbi Yossi. We're going to, be, we're going to discuss what exactly the sheet of Rabbi Yossi is. Did it change from a Mishnah to a Brisa? Do we pass like the Mishnah? Do we pass like the Brisa? And in that context, we're also going to learn about three other halachos that Rabbi Yossi taught. And we're going to have a discussion, Rav and Shmuel, about those halachos that Rabbi Yossi uh, that Rabbi Yossi taught. Then the Gemara is going to discuss how the Mishnah spoke about t- when a tumtum gets torn open, do we naturally assume that if it turns out to be a male, that he is a sris because uh, someone was a tumtum, probably he's got, a, he's got a, some sort of reproductive problem and therefore he is a sris, or do we not assume that a tumtum is necessarily a sris? And then we're going to go back to a discussion about androgynous and specifically, if you assume that an androgynous is a zachar, so Yechayev Skila for being boa and androgynous bimakum nakvuso or only bimakum zachruso meaning he has uh, the reproductive organs of both a male and a female so normally if one commits mishkav zachar so there's a particular orifice of the body that that's committed through so what if a person is boal uh, an androgynous but not through that orifice of the body but through the nikeva uh, um, uh, the, the, through, through the makum of the, of the nakvus that, uh, that he has so that's going to be the discussion toward the end of the daf so let's begin we're holding again pebeza Base, and we're going to pick up from Vahami Diktani Seifa. So again, the Gemara is uh, going to ask on the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan holds that an androgynous is a Zachar Gomor. So a Zachar Gomor. So it says Gemara Vahami Diktani Seifa, but the Seifa of the Mishnah says, Rabbi Lazar Omer, androgynous Chayev Skila Kizachar, that you're Chayev Skila for being bald and androgynous, just like being bald and Zachar. But that implies, Mechlal de Tanakama Suke Misafkale. If that's just in the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer that says that you're Chayev for being bold and androgynous, that implies that the Tanakama, meaning Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi was the Tanakama, was Masupak whether the androgynous is a Zachar Gamor, and uh, whether you're going to be Chayv Skila, or maybe he's only a Suffolk Zachar, and you can't be Chayv Skila on uh, being bold and androgynous because you don't know that he's a Zachar. So you, don't you see it's a riot, Reish Lakish, that Rabbi Yossi holds that an androgynous is a Suffolk Zachar, not like Rabbi Yochanan who holds that Rabbi Yossi says an androgynous is a Vaday Zachar. So it says, no, that's not the machlokas between the Tan and the Kamen Reb Lezer, whether he's a Zachar Vaday in your Chayv Skil or he's a Suffolk and you're going to be Potter. Bein Lamar, Bein Lamar, Mifshat Pshitale, both Rabbi Yossi and Rabbanon would agree within the view of Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan would, would, would understand that both uh, Rabbi, the, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbanon would agree that he's definitely a Zachar in your Chayv Skila because he's a Zachar. What they argue about is whether you Chayv Skila when you're both him in the Makom Nakvuso as well, or are you only Chayv Skila Bemakom Zachruso? And as I mentioned before, we're going to come back 
to that discussion at the end of the daf. The Mar Savar, where the Tanakama holds not only when you're Bawel him Bizachruso or Yechayev Skila, but even Binakvuso, Umar Savar Kizachar. And then uh, comes along Rabbi Eliezer and he says, no, Yechayev on being Bawel and Androgynous the same way for being Bawel the Zachar, which means physically the same way as being Bawel Zachar, but if you're Bawel the Androgynous in a way that is not at all like being Bawel Zachar, then you're not going to be Chayev Skila. So it turns out that the Tanakama is more Machmir about the Chayev Skila of an Androgynous than he expands the Chayev Skila beyond Makam Zachruso, even to Makam Nakvuso, but everybody agrees that he has a Din of a Zachar, that, he is a, that he's considered to be a male. So now the Gemara says, okay, how do we pass him? Do we pass him like Rabbi Yossi in our Mishnah, that Androgynous is a Zachar Gomor, and therefore an Androgynous can be Machal Ishto Betruma, if, he mar- if he's a Kohen and he marries a woman, he can be Machal or Truma because he's really a male. So Amarav, less of the Masis and Kamein Brisa. And no, we would not Paskin like our Mishnah because there's a Brisa that indicates that Rabbi Yossi holds otherwise. That, uh, that uh, our Mishnah, that w- within which Rabbi Yossi says that an Androgynous is a full-fledged male and he can be Machal his wife Truma, is rejected in favor of a Brisa where Rabbi Yossi apparently had changed his mind and holds that he's only a suffix Zachar. Where do we have such a Brisa? Titania. Rabbi Yossi, Androgynous, Bria Bifrei Atzmu, that an Androgynous is a Bria Bifrei Atzma. He's his own uh, creature. Velo Uchriu Bachachamim, Im Zachar, Im Nekeva. And the Chum were never able to be Machriya, one way or the other, whether he's a Zachar or in a Keva. Tosus points out in Dibra Maskel, Bria, that uh, Bria, that Bria Bifrei Atzma does not mean that he's a third category, that there is a third gender, that there is male, female, and Androgynous, that he's neither male nor female, like we find normally that's what Bifrei Atzma means. Koi, or something like that. We generally, uh, that, that, that's what it would normally mean, but over here, it's not what it means. Over here, it means it's a suffix. And Rabbi Yossi is saying, it's a, like Rabbi Yossi says, he explains himself, if an androgynous was, was really a biri b'fnei then kein ichriu bochachamim, the chamar machriya, that he's his own gender, that he's a third category. So by the by virtue of the fact that the uh, that, that Rabbi Yossi says, so that tells you that uh, that the that that Biri over here means that it's a suffix. Not all Rishonim agree to Tosos. The Ramban explains that no, it is a Birya Chadasha, it is not a suffix. The Lashon Birya B'fnei wherever we have it, in all of Shas, always means that it's uh, that it's not a suffix. And the Ramban brings a Raya, because we paskin like, uh, Rav paskins like Rabbi Yossi in the Brisa, that he's a Birya B'fnei and still Rav is going to say on Amr Beza, Yechayv Skila Mishnei Mekomos. But if he's a suffix, how can you Yechayv Lov Skila at all? He's uh, He might be a Nekeva. So Misafik, he can't be Mechayv a person's Skila, so it must be that he's a Birya, he's not not a zakhar, he's not in a keva. And when the Rabbi Yossi says that phrase of it means that, that they were not machriya which min because they're simani zakhar and simani nekeva, and that's why they made a min shlishi. Meaning, if the multiple choice exam only has two options, the cham chose neither of the two existing options. Rather, they said, it's its own third, uh, third, third category. They didn't say, but they were not machria, meaning they never stated definitively that he's a zachar, nor definitively that he's a nekeva. Rather, they stated that he's some sort of 
third, uh, third category. That is the Shita of the Ramban. The Shita of the Rash is that, uh, that, that uh, an androgynous has three Sveikos. He might be a Zachar, he might be a Nekeva, or he might be a Minshlishi, meaning Mamish Lo Chachamim. does not mean that they declared him Biri it's that they weren't sure. He might be a Zachar, might be a Nekeva, might be a Biri But anyway, the way uh, Tulsus understands that Biri over here means that we know exactly uh, that, 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 uh, that we know exactly what he is. Um, uh, I, I'm sorry, that we don't know uh, uh, the, 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 that uh, it means that he's a suffix, that we don't know whether he's male or female. So says the Gemara, ask the Gemara, why does Rav say that the Mishnah is rejected in favor of the Brisa? Meaning in our Mishnah, Rav Yossi was certain that he's a Zachar in the Brisa, whether he's in the cave or a Zachar, and we said that we're passing like the Brisa. Adraba, less of the Brisa, Mekhani Masnisin. Why would you pass like the Brisa over the Mishnah? Shouldn't we say that we reject the Brisa in favor of the Mishnah, and in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yosef says that Androgynous is a Zachar Gamor. So the Gemara is really asking, why, why is it um, that uh, we don't reject the Brisa, and the Mishnah has two Deus in Tanaim with Rabbi Yossi, and then the Svarab Shut is that the Brisa is rejected uh, in favor of the Mishnah. And instead, we're saying that, the, that, that uh, Rabbi Yossi was Choserbo, me Brisa. Just say it's a machlokas tanoim what Rabbi Yossi held, and whenever it's a machlokas tanoim what somebody holds, a Mishnah is more authoritative than a Brisa. Meaning, there are two ways to look at it. We definitely have a steer between Rabbi Yossi says in the Mishnah and what Rabbi Yossi says in the Brisa. So, whenever you have a steer, one possibility is that someone changed their mind at some point. The other possibility is it was two later tanoim arguing what the earlier Tana said. So, if he changed his mind, saying Achinami, probably the Brisa is the later one. So, he changed his mind to what he says in the Brisa. But if it's a two tanoim arguing, about what Rabbi Yossi said, the Mishnah is more authoritative than the Brisa. We should have followed the Mishnah. So says Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, the Barzuge, Shmami no Hadarbe. No, because in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yossi was joined by Rabbi Shimon in that Shita, and in the Brisa, he's all alone. So the, from the fact that he abandoned his partner in the Brisa and that he's saying something without Rabbi Shimon backing him up, that tells me that Rabbi Yossi must have changed his mind. That Rabbi Yossi initially was together with Rabbi Shimon in one Shita, that Androgynous is Zachar Gamor. And then, when uh, when he authored the Brisa, he had uh, he had broken ranks from Rabbi Shimon, and instead insisted that an androgynous is a biri b'fnatzva and lo chriu b'chachamim, and the chum were never able to be machria what he is precisely. Shmuel Amar less of the Brisa mekabim asnisin. So while uh, while Rav is the one that said that we take the Brisa over the Mishnah, Shmuel says no, we take the Mishnah over the Brisa. That Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah where he says an androgynous is zachar gomer, that's how we pass. So, the Gemara, why would Shmuel say that the Mishnah is more authoritative than the Brisa? Adraba, less than the Brisa. Maybe we should take the Brisa over the Mishnah. Because we do find that Shmuel in, in other places uh, in Shas, such as back on Daf Mem Aleph Amenal, where Shmuel was, was Machmir for the Sheet of Rabbi Yudha ben, uh, ben Beseira, that's in the Mishnah over there in Megillah Daf Yuchas, that Shmuel is Choshish for Das Yachid, that even when they're Rabbi that are Makilim. So Shmuel is Choshish Lichidah. That's Shmuel's thing. He's Choshish for Das Yachid. So we hear also, even though according to the Tana of the Mishra Rabbi Yossi holds an androgynous is Zachar Gamur, we should be Choshish for what the Tana in the Brisa says that Rabbi Yossi holds that he's a Safek. So it says, no, Hanimili. 
Kilomus Akramasnisin. When is it that Shmuel is Khoshish for uh, for for a Yachid and he's Machmir like the Deya of a Yachid? That's only when the Mishnah is not uprooted because of a Divraya Yachid, that the Yachid is uh, just more Machmir. Avokimis Akramasnisin, when the Mishnah is uprooted based on Divraya Yachid, like over here, where the Bryce says that Rabbi Yossi holds that it's a suffix, Lo Shmuel is not going to be Khoshish for the Das Yachid in the Brysa. Instead, he's going to pass on like the Mishnah, even the Kula. And uh, because if Shmuel were to be machmer like the Brysa, when there's a Mishnah Lehebech, it would turn out that the Mishnah is totally uprooted. So Shmuel is not, is not ready to erase Mishnayis. He's Choshesh for Rashita Yechida'a, but uh, when there are two Deus in the Mishnah, but he's not ready to erase Mishnayis based on uh, wanting to be Choshesh for a Das Yachid. So this is the Machlokas, Rav and Shmuel, that we have two Deus in Rabbi Yossi, where the Rabbi Yossi holds that an Androgynous is Zachar Vadai, that's our Mishnah. We have a Brysa that says that he's a Brir Bifna'atzva, Lo Yichriu Balchachamim, and uh, Rav says we pass him like the Brysa, Shmuel says we pass him like the Mishnah. So the Gemara explains what Taka is the Halacha by an Androgynous. Sa'ami be Rav, Mishmei the Rav, Halacha Rabbi Yossi the Allah is like Rabbi Yossi in our Mishnah, this is assuming, about an androgynous, that he is a Zachar Gamur. And by the way, once we're saying what Rav holds, where Rav holds that we pass like Rabbi Yossi, Uba Harkava. There's a second Allah where we pass like Rabbi Yossi, and that is by Harkava. So not only by androgynous, our discussion, do we pass like Rabbi Yossi, that androgynous is a Zachar Gamur, but also in a separate thing called Harkava, which we're going to see soon what that is, we pass like Rabbi Yossi. Ushmol Amar, Bekoshi Shmuel says we pass like Rabbi Yossi about two halachos, but not the two that you just mentioned, two totally separate halachos, by a din called Koshi, which we'll see what that is, and by a din called Kiddush, which is not Kiddush, we'll see what that is as well. So there are two other halachos where we pass like Rabbi Yossi. So Androgynous had the Amrin. So when, when the Amri Bey Rav said in the name of Rav that we pass like Rabbi Yossi, by Androgynous, that's our discussion, that Rabbi Yossi holds that an Androgynous is Zachar Gamor. What about these other three halachos? The second one that Rav says we pass like Rabbi Yossi on, and the two that Shmuel says we pass like Rabbi Yossi on. So Harkava, the din of Harkava, is Ditnan, it's a Mishnah Mesecha Shviyas, that ain't notin, that you're not supposed to plant a tree, that ain't Mavrichin, nor should you be Mavrich Egefen, Mavrichin means that you take one of the branches and you bury it in the ground, and then it uh, takes root where you bury that, the end of the branch in the ground, and it grows out of the ground in that spot. Tosus Mesech Basra and Gimel says it's called Mavrichin because it's the bending over of the branch, it's like a person who's Korea Abirchav, it's like a person who's bowing on his knees, so that's why we call it uh, Mavrichin, as a lotion of bowing on, on one's, uh, one's knees, so as Machlokas in the Rishonim, whether this din of Havracha is only a din by a Geffen, or it's a din by all Ilanos, the Rash writes that it's only by a Geffen, whereas the, Ram, the Rambam in the Pirisham Shnais says that the lotion of Havracha is Shaykh by the other Ilanos as well, but anyway, a notin vein Mavrichin vein Markivin, we also don't graft a branch from one tree onto another, Erev Shri is Paks Mishosh Within 30 days of Rosh Hashanah on Erev Shri is, because we assume that when, from the time that you graft or bury the branch in the ground or, uh, or plant, it takes 30 days for it to, uh, to take. Uh, and we don't want to do that within 30 days of Rosh Hashanah, because then it's Ki'ilu you're planting during the Shemitah year itself. And if you did so within 30 days of Shemitah, you're going to have to uproot it, because the Klita is going to happen during the Shemitah year itself. That is uh, the Tanakama, meaning we're quoting a Mishnah in Mesech HaShvi. So the Tanakama says that the time frame that you have to refrain from these activities prior to the Shemitah year is a 30-day time frame. 
It doesn't take 30 days for it to be collate. If it, uh, if it doesn't happen within the first three days, it's not going to happen. And therefore, you only need to refrain from these activities three days prior to Shemitah. You don't need to do it 30 days prior to Shemitah. But, and this is why we're quoting this, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shimon Omrim, Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Shimon say, Shtei Shabbosos, not 30 days, nor three days, but somewhere in between. Two weeks is the, the time it takes from the, from the Shasnatiya, Havracha, or Harkava, in order for it to, uh, to, to take, and therefore you're not supposed to do those things within two weeks of the Shemitah. So once we quote this Mishnah, the Gemara mentions a Memra that explains the Mishnah, that when we say these time frames of 30 days, 3 days, 2 weeks, it's not to be taken literally that that's the amount of time prior to Shavuos that you're not allowed to do these things. Rather, if you say that it's 30 days, it's really 60 days. Because already 30 days prior to Shemitah, we're already being knowing Tosefes Shavuos. So you're not allowed to plant within the 30 days prior to Shemitah anyway, because the 30 days prior to Shemitah have a full din of Shemitah itself. So if you need to leave yourself some leeway before Shemitah, what you really need to do is leave yourself some leeway before the 30 days before Shemitah. This the Gemara Darshan is in the first paragraph of and from the Pasuk, Becharish Ubekatsir Tishpos, which is an extra Pasuk because it already says, Sad Chalosizra, Bekarma Chalosizmar. So it's telling me about the Charishel Erev Shviyash and Nichnas Shviyash. That's what the Gemara Darshan now, Bechar Shabbat is telling me not to do Malachos even on Erev Shviyas and Nichnas Shviyas, which is 30 days before. And the Divrei Omer Shlosha, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who held that it takes three days for the Akhlata to happen, Tzarich Shlosha Ushloshim. It's three days plus 30 days. And the Divrei Omer Shabbasos, Tzarich Shtei Shabbasos Ushloshim. It's two weeks plus 30 days, meaning all three opinions, you have to add 30 days to their opinion to know exactly how far off you have to uh, be from Shmi in order to still be allowed to do Nitiya and Avracha and Harkava. So anyway, that is the second din of Rabbi Yossi. So again, Rab says we pass like Rabbi Yossi in two places about Androgynous. That's our discussion that an Androgynous is a Zachar Gamur and about Harkava. And that's this discussion that Rabbi Yossi holds that it's a two-week time period prior to the 30 days, prior to Shemitah that one must refrain from Harkava Si'ilan. Shmuel said that there are two other places that we pass like Rabbi Yossi. Ushmuel Amar Bekoshi, the so what are these two things? So koshi, ditznan koshi, is a reference to what the uh, Mishnah discusses in Nida, that kamayehi kishuya, how long prior to, the, uh, to, to her birth, a pregnant woman prior to giving birth may see some blood. She may bleed and she may feel some pain. So at what point do we say that that blood that she's finding is dam ziva? And at what point do we say, no, it's dam machmas leida and is therefore not dam ziva? Generally speaking, the Allah is a woman sees dam that comes from the uterus, she becomes a nida, unless she sees dam during the yud alif yom shebein nida lenida. Within each cycle, we assume that there are 11 days where blood that comes from the uterus will not make her a nida, rather, it will make her a zava. And a zava has different rules than a nida. The Allah is a zava who sees dam for one. One day is tamei that day. She goes to the mikvah the next day. If she sees dam for two days, she's tamei those days. Goes to the mikvah the next day. But if she sees dam for three days, she becomes a zava gedola, and she requires shivan Now we get 
nowadays we already accepted Chumras Rabbi Zeiro, where Rabbi Zeiro said that that they always assume every time a woman becomes Tame, she's uh, we assume she's a Zavagadola. I always tell Chasanim that even though we call this Hilchos Nida, really it's Hilchos Zavagadola, meaning all the halachas that we actually observe are the halachas of Zavagadola, because even though we know she's probably a Nida most of the time, but nevertheless, we take the Chumra that everybody is treated like a Zavagadola. But the thing is that a woman only becomes a Zava if it's Zava Machmasatzma, if it's just her body doing its natural thing to become a Zava. But if she has something that's causing blood to come out during the Yemeziva that's external to her normal body uh, functions, such as a Leda, such as uh, giving birth, then that will not make her a Zava. Then she's not going to have the din of a Zava. So let's say a woman is in labor, she's experiencing uh, contractions, and then she sees a little bit of dam, even though it may be during the Yemei Ziva, difficult to figure out how that could happen during the Yemei Ziva. This is Machlokas Rambam Ramban, how we cheshbin the Yemei Ziva when the Yemei Ziva are, where the Ramban says, a woman becomes a Nida, the next, uh, so she's tummy for seven days, then the next 11 days are Yemei Ziva, and then going forward is Yemei Nida until the next time she gets her period, meaning whenever she gets her period, it could be a week later, two weeks later, a month later, 10 months later, the next time she gets her period, she's a Nida. It's not going to be Yemei Ziva anymore until those Yemei Nida are over. So according to the Ramban, it's a little bit difficult, meaning this is a woman in her ninth month of pregnancy or eighth month, you know, toward the end of her pregnancy, when, when exactly, how, how is she still in the Yud Aleph Yom, Shebein Nida Nida, unless you say she was bleeding during pregnancy, which is an unusual thing uh, to, to happen, that she's going to be bleeding consistently during uh, during pregnancy. The Rambam makes a little more sense of it. The Rambam holds that the way we cheshven Yimei Nida and Yimei Ziva is you go back to the very first time she ever got her period, and you say, that well, those seven days are Yimei Nida, and then you just start cheshvening on the calendar, 7-11, going forward. But really, Misvara, that makes no sense, meaning there's no rhyme or reason. We assume Yimei Ziva is like an anomaly, that we don't expect her to see them during the that you would expect it during Yimei Nida. But according to the Rambam, it's 7-11, Most of the time, it's Yimei Ziva, and most of the time she gets her period, uh, she's going to end up being a Zava and not a Nida. It makes it sound like that's the norm almost. But anyway, however it happens, the question is, how much prior to giving birth, how much time prior to giving birth do we attribute the dam that she sees to the to the Leda versus Ziva? So Rameir Omer, O Arbaim, O Chamishim Yom. 40 or 50 days in advance of having the baby, she may already be experiencing some contractions, and that uh, is enough to make her uh, not a zava. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, daya chadsha. Now we don't, uh, we're not told the Ri'iyah's dam so early on in the Vlad. If she sees 40 or 50 days before the Leda, she's a zava. It's only if she sees during the ninth month that we can attribute it to the Koshi Haleda and say that she is not a zava. But Rabbi Yossi, again, that's why we're bringing all this. Rabbi Yossi, that we cannot be told more than two weeks prior to the uh, to the Leda. But if she saw Dam before that, she's like a regular Zava. She requires Sphira Shivanakiyam like any other uh, like any other Zava. So Shmuel saying we paskin like Rabbi Yossi that the period of time during which we attribute the Dam to the Kishar Leda is within two weeks of the birth. And what was the final Allah that Shmuel said we passed in the Rubiosi? Kiddush. So what? Kiddush of what? Shabbos, Kiddush, Yantav, Kiddush, none of that. Titnan, the following. Hamasachich gafno al gabit shal If you take your geffen, your grapevines, and you uh, run them over your friend's grain. So there's an issue called Kilea Kerem, but now you're taking your vines and you're growing them 
over someone else's tavua that's going to answer everything as kilei kerem hareza kidesh so that taroves as is also mishum kliyim it's kilei kerem v'chayiv b'achriyuso and the person who ran his grapevines over his friend's grain is chayiv uh, to pay for the grain that he just ruined he has to pay for the value of that tavua which is now also ba'na. Divrei Rabbi Meir. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, remember Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon, they disagree. They say, that a person does not have the ability to ask for something that does not belong to him. The, your friend's grain doesn't belong to you. So you can't make it uh, because if you take your own grapevine and, and run it over your own grain, so then it's all yours, then everything is but you can't go and ask for somebody else's stuff. You don't have the ability to ask for somebody else's stuff. So Tos says, really? Tos raises the question, why would this be any different than I, I, you're cooking a pot of chicken soup, I take a big fat piece in the vela and I drop it in your chicken soup. I've just asked it. Are you going to tell me? No, the chicken soup is still kosher. I don't care that I took a chazer in the vela and dropped it in. So Tosis points out that there's a difference between something that's purely physical uh, versus, meaning, here's where Eino Demos and Davashen for sure applies. Let's say I walk out of my house one morning and I have a very bright blue car, so it stands out. So I see that my neighbor is so taken by my uh, car that he's bowing down to my car, that he's turned my car into an Avodazara and he bows to it every morning. But it's my car, it's not his car. He doesn't have the right to bow down to my, to make, to ask for my car. Eino Demos and Davashen Regardless of what my neighbor does, my car is still going to be mutter. Because that's to- totally the machshava. There's nothing physical about that in terms of the, the Isser. It's his machshava that he thinks that uh, the Hyundai is a uh, is, is 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 an elohus. That uh, so that's uh, that's his problem. That's not my problem. That's not gonna gonna make it usser. So uh, so that would be something that's purely in the person's head. Then you have things that are purely physical, like nevela chazer. I drop nevela into a soup. But then you have like these combination things. Kilei Karim is a physical thing that's happening, but it only answers when you intend for it to happen. I mean, if a person didn't realize and his uh, and his vines start growing into his grain, it only becomes usser once he realizes. He realizes that it's happening and he allows it to continue. So it is totally on his raton, it's totally on his das, but it's a physical thing that's happening that's also totally on his das. So Tos says we still will apply in the Muslim Dabashana Shalom as long as there's any element of das that's involved, as long as it's not a purely physical matter. So that's why Ain of the Muslim Dabashana Shalom applies over here. There is discussions in Postkim. How far do we take Ain of the Moser Dabash Eno Shalom? The Ramah Paskins that are in Orchaim Simon Shintes, Shintes is the halacha of basis l'davra asr in dine muktza? So uh, the Shintas and Shinyud discusses the concept of a basis l'davra asr. So the Ramah writes: if a person puts a dvar muktza on his friend's stuff, we don't say that it becomes a basis l'davra asr. Meaning you have an item that's perfectly non muktza, and I'm going to come before Shabbos and I'm going to take my uh, cell phone and I'm just going to put it on top of your item. Now you're not allowed to use your item. It's a basis l'davra asr. So says the uh, the Ramah: no, einad moser davra shel I can't answer your thing by me putting my uh, my, my muktza on it. The Mishbura says that if he does it litovas chavero and the friend would want it, like I take a kli and I put it there under a ner in uh, in order that uh, the the uh, the ner will have will drop into the kli and there's not going to be a fire in in your house and then the the uh, and the ner the droppings of the ner came in be, during uh, before ben and it stayed there till after ben so the kli becomes a 
basis for the ner, and it's also to be metaltalit the entire Shabbos, even after the ner is put out. And a number of Achram say that's okay, because then you know that the person would really want it. And the Sefer Mincha Shabbos says, what happens if a woman puts a muksa item on a kli heter, and she does it without asking her husband whether he needs to use that kli? And he's not happy about it. So do we say like, Ishto Kigufo? She put it so she could make a basis out of her husband's stuff? Or do we say that, no, you need the approval of the person who wants to use that kli? So in the Sefer Mincha Shabbos says, it doesn't become an asr. Ah, Yad Isha Kiyad Baila? That's Lizuchuso, not Lichavaso, the Yad Isha Kiyad Baila. So she's not going to make a basis over his things. But that's that's a din about Eino the Moshed Davar She'eino Shalal. That's this uh, this concept. Okay, so now the Gemara goes back to the discussion about an androgynous, where we said that Rav Paskins like Rabbi Yossi by androgynous and by Harkava. So ask Gemara Ibayilu, by androgynous Mali Yamr Shmuel, would Shmuel pass like Rabbi Yossi about an androgynous as well? So Tashma, Adam Shmuel Aravanan, less of the Brisa, the Kamei Masnisen. We already discussed in Lamanal, where Shmuel said, we reject the Brisa, and we accept the Mishnah, and therefore Shmuel did say we talk a pasuk like Rabbi Yossi that an androgynous is a zacher gamur. So Shmuel does hold like the Amri Debe Rav that the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi, even though Shmuel said we pasuk like Rav on two other matters. It's not to the exclusion of where Rav paskened like Rabbi Yossi. He'll agree that we paskened like Rabbi Yossi about uh, androgynous. But what about Harkava, Mali Yom Shmuel? What about the second thing that Rav paskened like Rabbi Yossi on with the Harkava, the two weeks uh, uh, prior to Shviyas, or prior to the 30 days before Shviyas, that Harkava is also. So Tashma, Damli Shmuel, Ravanan, Tani, Kaman, Yomar, Shlosha, Ushloshim. Now that he didn't pasken like Rabbi Yossi. Shmuel paskened that it's three days plus 30 days, not two weeks plus 30 days. Okay, what about the two places where Shmuel Paskin like Rabbi Yossi, does Rav agree to those? So Koshi, Mali Amarav, would Rav agree to the din of Dam Koshi that Shmuel said, that for two weeks prior to Leda, it has the din of Dam Koshi. Take We're not sure what Rav would say. We leave that unresolved. Kiddush Mali Amarav. What would Rav say about uh, the din of, of Kilea Kerem that Shmuel had said that we pass like Rabbi Yossi, that you'd have to pay for the damages of uh, being Markiv, uh, your, uh, or Rabbi Yossi had said, which one was right? Rabbi Yossi said that uh, that ain't the most of Shlo, that you would not have to pay for the damages because it wouldn't even be considered Kilea Kerem. Would Rav agree to that? Some Rabbi Yossi, Tashma, Domrav, Hunam Rav, that we don't pass like Rabbi Yossi when it comes to the Kiddush, the Asring of the Kilea Kerem. The, uh, the, so, so you see that Rav disagrees with Shmuel. Shmuel passes like Rabbi Yossi, Rav does not. So I'm like, Abai says to Rabbi Yosef, who quoted Rav Huna in the name of Rav, why are you somich on what Rav Huna says in the name of Rav? Why aren't you somich on what a different Amora says in the name of Rav? That we do pass like Rabbi Yossi B'Kiddush. So apparently we have two later Amoraim that disagree what Rav said about the Kilea Kerem case, whether we pass like Rabbi Yossi or not. So why are you so certain that Rav, uh, that the, the, the accurate version of Rav does not pass like Rabbi Yossi? Maybe Rav Adam Rav is the accurate version of Rav, and we do pass like Rabbi Yossi. So the Gemara explains why it is that Rav Yossi prefers to be Somich on Rav Huna in the name of Rav, rather than Rav Ado in the name of Rav. So Amri Be'Rav Manu Rav Huna. Whenever we have in Shas the phrase Amri Be'Rav, 
it always means Rav Huna. Rav Huna was always the one there uh, in Rav Shir, listening to Rav's Piske Alacha. So Amidvei Rav is always Rav Huna. Rav Huna Amar Ein Alacha. And therefore Rav Huna is the most authoritative of the Talmidim of Rav, much more so than Ravada. And Rav Huna said that Ein Alacha, so it's Ein Alacha. Rabbi Yudah Amar Tumtum. Rabbi Yudah says that if a Tumtum gets ripped open and he turns out to be a Zachar, he can't do Chalitza because he has a din of a Sris. So Amar Rabbi Ami, my Avadai Rabbi Yehudah, the Tumtum de Viri. What's Rabbi Yudah going to do about the Tumtum in the town of Viri? Where they put him on a chair and his skin opened up and he turned out to be a Zachar. And then he had seven sons after that. So how can you say that he's automatically a Sris if he's a Tumtum? So Rabbi Yudah, Amar Rabbi Yudah would tell you, Maybe do a genetic test and see where those, uh, whose sons those really are because they are not his. Meaning he's not convinced just by the fact that he have uh, that, that he had uh, that he had seven seven sons. We don't necessarily know who the father is, right? Unlike by a mother, where you know for sure who the mother is. She was one that was pregnant. You don't always know for sure exactly who the uh, the father is. That's one of the reasons to say when you daven for a chole, you say Ben the mother's name because you want to make sure that you get it right. You want to make sure for every tell to be choshish for every possible suffix when you're dealing with sakana of davening for a chole, even though normally you'd go with the father's name. Rabbi Yudah says that you don't, the uh, tumtum shouldn't do chalitza because he, he, he might turn out to be a Swiss. You might open up, him up and it'll be a Swiss, so he shouldn't be doing chalitza. So says, that's what you're concerned about? You're so convinced automatically that he's going to be a male? He might even be a female. That's why he shouldn't do chalitza. You're right. Meaning, Tumtum should not be doing chalitza because maybe he's a woman. And even if he's a male, he's, uh, he's a Swiss and he shouldn't be doing chalitza. What's the chiluk between the sheet of Rabbi Yudah and the sheet of Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudah, that Rabbi Yudah holds that he's not cholitz because he's a Sris Vadai, and Rabbi Yossi holds he's not cholitz because he's maybe a Sris. Either way, he can't do chalitza. So Gemara says two nafkaminas. Let's say there's a tumtum and there are other brothers as well, and the tumtum did chalitza already. So if you assume he's a Sris Vadai, that was worthless, so the brothers could still do yibum. But if you assume he's a suffix Sris, maybe the chalitza was did count for something, and therefore the other brothers cannot do yibum. They, they need to do a chalitza just to be safe, but they cannot do yibum. And the other nafkamin is, what if there are, are no other brothers? The only surviving brother after this man died without children is this tumtum. So if you say that a tumtum is a vaday sris, the woman doesn't need chalitza, she's free to go. But if the tumtum is a suffix sris, you got to do chalitza just to be safe to make sure to do chalitza. Okay, Amr Rabbi Abba, Achud Rabbi Yudah Barzavdi, Amr Rabbi Yudah Amarav, and drugness Going back to that discussion now, when one is bold and androgynous, you chayev skila. Is that only if you're bold the androgynous bizachruso, or what if you're bold the androgynous binakvuso? So an androgynous you chayev skila if you're bold him mishteimakamos, whether it's bizachruso or whether it's binakvuso. So meisve Reb Lazar, an androgynous chayev skila kivizachar. That Rabbi Eliezer said in our Mishnah that you only chayev skila if you're bold and androgynous the way you would be bold a 
zachar. That it's only in the zachrus, in his zachrus, but if it's in the area of his nakvus, you're going to be pater. So says Yeah, he's assuming like the Tana of the following brisa that Rabbi Simai Yomer and Drogonus Chayevnul Skila Mishtei Mekamos that Enochinami Rabbi Lazar in our Mishnah said only Kizachar. But uh, there's, there is another Tana that holds that one is chayef for being ma'ul and androgynous, whether you ma'ul him like a zachar or like a nekeva. So my time with the Rabbi Simai, why does Rabbi Simai say that even if you ma'ul binakvuso, you chayef skila? Amarava Baramduri, Asbarali Baramduri explained to me the basis of Rabbi Yossi is he darshans the Pasuk as follows. The ezachar lo tishkav mishkevei isha. The lashon of mishkevei is a lashon rabim. Ezu zachar sheyesh shnei mishkavos. How can one do that? How can one be, how is it physically possible that a person is being boil a male and there are multiple ways to do it? There are multiple entry points. Where do you ever have a male that's Shnei Mishkavos? Haviomer, is that androgynous? That must be that it's an androgynous. So he has a Nakvus as well. Rabbanan and Rabbi Eliezer, who we're referring to over here as the Rabbanan, the Ritva says that we call Rabbi Eliezer the Rabbanan because we Paschal like Rabbi Eliezer over here. Normally we don't Paschal like Rabbi Eliezer, so we would highlight that it's only Rabbi Eliezer, but over here we Paschal like him. So the Rabbanan who says that you're only Chayim for being bold and androgynous so what's he going to do with the Pasuk of Mishkevei? Yes, he has Shnei Mishkavos, but you're not Chayef Skila for both Mishkavos. You're only Chayef Skila for S. Zachar, for the male Mishkav. And the Gemara explains that uh, if, if the entire Pasuk is about an androgynous, that someone who's born in the Zachros of an androgynous who has Shnei Mishkavos is Chayef Skila, so Rabbi Eliezer, how's he going to know that where is he going to learn regular Mishkav Zachar? Not with an androgynous, with just a regular man that that's an Isra There's no additional Pasuk in the Torah for Mishkav Zachar. So he darshans from V'es. V'es Zachar is the Rabos, uh, every Zachar, not only an androgynous, so which is fascinating, which says, it means that according to Rabbi Eliezer, the main Isra of, uh, in the Torah of Mishkav Zachar is about an androgynous, and only Derech Agav, a reboy of V'es, we learn the regular Isra of Mishkav Zachar with a regular person. So it says more another detail, both according to Rabbi Sumai and according to Rabbi Lazar. If from the word Mishkevei we learn that an androgynous, uh, we learn the din of an androgynous, how do I know that Mishkevisha Shalokedarka counts as a Bia? Someone who's bowl and Isha, that's Asura to him, with a Bia Shalokedarka. How do I know that that counts as a Bia? May Isha, that it could have said Vezachar Lotishkev Mishkevei, or Lotishkev Mishkevei Zachar. From the fact that it says Mishkevei Isha, so we learn that an Isha has Shnei Mishkevei as well, that since uh, that either entry point, so to speak, of, a, of an Isha is also considered a, uh, a Mishkav, that's also considered a Bia. We don't say that an Androgynous is a Zachar full-fledged in all Alachos, because if that were true, if someone were Makdish a Behemoth that was an Androgynous, then it should have a Ketush Saguf, just like a Behemoth Hegdish that's, that's Kasher Lekarban. Uh, so, uh, so, so and, and, and yet, we know that that's not true. We know that a behemoth, that your makdish as a carbon, that's an androgynous, does not have kedusha as a carbon. And by from tomorrow, we'll pick up with ominal and delo kadash. How do we know that? Where do we find that we say that it's not kodosh if you are, are makdish, a behemoth that is an androgynous? Okay, everyone have a wonderful day. Uh, thank you. Uh,